I have the background in making things go viral. Mean Viral came about as an idea, not really to make money, but really to test things out. I just thought of that idea in a shower. I guess that's what you call it, like a shower thought. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Why not make a mean Bible? This is Chris Reynolds and welcome to the Entrepreneur House podcast. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for six and seven figure entrepreneurs creating events and retreats all over the world. Picture yourself spending four weeks with other high level entrepreneurs in the northern mountains of Thailand, October 26th to November 24th. 2017. It will be full of masterminds, workshops, advisors, like-minded entrepreneurs, and of course, some fun adventure. Currently, we are offering a special early bird discount of $400 for only 10 people. Once they're filled, they're gone. Don't wait on this one, guys. If you're ready to take your business to the next level with other successful entrepreneurs, be sure to contact us ASAP at theentrepreneurhouse.com. And now, on to today's episode. Could you imagine being 19 and making $200,000 in three weeks from your social media? That is exactly what Jason Wong did. Jason is not your typical 19 year old. He started exploring ways to make money online at the age of 12. When the lesser known social media platform Tumblr was released, Jason fell in love with the idea of it and over a few years gained 2.1 million followers. As a fun project, Jason decided to create the Mem Bible. He then released it to his Tumblr following and three weeks later he was with $200,000. That is a day he'll never forget, but many might see this as a lucky win for the young man might be surprised. Jason is a very intelligent entrepreneur and connector and knows how to work the social media world. It's a fun episode and with a very cool, smart, young entrepreneur. And without further ado, let's welcome Jason Wong to the show. Welcome, Jason, to the podcast. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me, Chris. Thanks, I'm good. Thanks for coming on the show. And I hear you're calling in from sunny California. Is that right? Absolutely. Sunny always. So we want to dive into your story and the Mem Bible or the Holy Mem Bible. Mm-hmm. And I know you're 19, so you're a young guy. So I'd like to know kind of your, your foundation and how it all started for you. And then we'll jump into the specifics after that. Um, so I was born in Hong Kong in 1997 a month before the British returned the Hong Kong territory back to China. So I'm currently a British citizen, fun fact. Um, when I was eight, my parents divorced, so I went with my mom to America. We, you know, you know, lived with relatives around the country. Couldn't really find, like, a stable footing. Um, so that went around for a few years until my mom remarried. She moved to Canada, and then I stayed in the U.S. for school. So around this time, I was away from both my mom and dad, and I think this was like a crucial time when I really learned to grow up and learn how to be independent and learn the value of the money. And around this time, I I wouldn't say it's a struggle, but around this time, being away from my parents, I had a lot of freedom to do things myself. So um, I was exploring social media, exploring ways to make money since I was 12 or 13 years old. Um, So that's really the foundation of my current background, where, you know, what I do now. And in high school, around 14 or 15 years old, I started selling stuff in, in school. Um, I'll I go to like, you know, Costco or go to like China, get wholesale things and sell to kids in high school. So that's how I learned how to do business <laughs> and how to do like proper exchange. I mean, not really proper, but I guess like the, the, the transactions, how to make transactions in, in real life. And later on, I moved it on to eBay moved it on to Amazon and eventually starting my own store. Very nice. And were your parents entrepreneurs or is this something you just feel like you're born mm. with? Well, I want to say I was 
born with, but I had like a drive to do things myself. I, I, I guess like how you define entrepreneur, right? Um, for, for me personally, being an entrepreneur is the mindset to do things, the go-getter. Uh, my mom was a homemaker, but she, before that she was working in retail. My dad worked in construction, but he eventually started his own construction firm. Um, so I, I think I kind of resemble my dad in the sense that he really went out of his way to do his own thing so he, he can have more freedom to spend time with his family. Yeah, that makes sense. So you have this really cool store and product that really has an amazing story to it. So, <laughs> so the Mem Bible, or do you go by, you go by both the Holy Mem Bible and the Mem Bible? Yeah, I mean, both works. The Mem Bible actually made around $200,000 in three weeks on Tumblr, which is phenomenal. Um, mm -hmm. So I'd like to chat just kind of like how you got the idea for it and how you started off working towards this and to the point of where you put it up on Tumblr and crushed it. <laughs> right. Um, so a little background on myself. Um, I talked about how I was, you know, fiddling around with social media since at a young age. Um, and one of the main social media platform that I set foot on as I grew older was Tumblr. Um, a lot of people want to say Tumblr was the social media to go to. So many people will say that, you know, they started on Twitter or they started on Instagram. Um, I thought differently and I want to set my footing in Tumblr. Recently because I saw a lot of potentials in that platform and I felt very comfortable being myself on that platform. And over the years, I built a large audience, about 2.1 million followers on Tumblr. Um, wow. Just creating content, creating my own original content and setting, um, making myself into an influencer, like a, the face of my account. So there's that. I have the background in creating content and, you know, making things go viral. So that's my background. Mean Bible came about as an idea, not really to make money, but really to um, test things out. Because no one really thought about putting memes on a piece of paper or, you know, into a book and selling it. And I don't think anyone has ever done that before. So I thought, why not just test it out, experiment with it. And around November of last year, 2016, I, I just thought of that idea in a shower. I guess that's what you call it, like a shower thought. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Why not make a meme Bible? Uh, me, the, the Bible doesn't really have anything to back it up. Like the name just came about. I thought it would be funny. Mm -hmm. Not really want to like offend anyone or like cause any controversy. It's just thought maybe it'll be something fun to like name it. Um, make the entire thing about five or six days. I got my designer to do all the outlines of the art. I started brainstorming like ideas to put on like activities because the mean Bible is more of like a children's activity book rather than just a coding book. Like we have word search, um, connect the dots, all that good stuff. Um, after I made that, product, got that mock-up done, I sent it to a printer to make 250 copies of it, not knowing how it would, you know, do, because mm -hmm. it was just, it was an idea that hasn't been validated. It's like something that I would do for fun, and if I lose that money, well, oops, <laughs> can't really complain about it, because it, it wasn't an idea that was validated yet. Uh, got 250 copies done with $480 uh, in expense, and I just put it on my Tumblr to mm -hmm. promote. Within the first six hours, we sold out every single copy of it and wow. a little bit more. Yeah, so on the first day, we make $6,000. Well, actually, no, on the first day, we make $4,400. Yeah. Incredible, <laughs> incredible. <laughs> okay, so I have a lot of questions, and we'll come back to Tumblr. Did you mention memes as being a, a hobby that you had? I, I wouldn't say a hobby, but it was just something that 
really aligned with my line of work, which is creating content for social media accounts. And then, I mean, nobody's ever really created a meme book before, right? I don't know of any others. Are there any others out there? I've seen one that was done in 2012 or 2013, but it didn't really do well. And it was very general. So it's like really classic memes, like um, like the cats, you know, mm-hmm. like really, really classic, classic memes. Like when you think of memes, like the 2010, 2011 memes, <laughs> that kind of stuff. What, what do you think it, it was about the meme Bible that made it really take off? Do you think it was just your influence or do you think it's No, something- I, I, don't, I don't think so. No, I, I wouldn't say it's my influence because I, I think my influence didn't reach $300,000 worth of merchandise being so I personally don't believe that I have that power. Um, I would say that it's because the meme culture has become more prominent in today's society. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people might think that that's a joking term, but I, I think it's very real. Let's think about, you know, Gucci, the fashion designer, made an entire fashion catalog out of memes. Like, they, they put the designers to reenact things that meme um, demonstrated with their own fashion accessories, their own clothing. Uh, that That's really where our society is in right now. We're incorporating popular meme culture, or even poppy culture in general, into our everyday things, um, into our media, our TV shows, um, our fashion catalog, things like that. Yeah, that makes sense. And what are people doing with the meme Bible? Is it a coffee table book or a gift? Or more, I'll say it's more of a gift. A coffee table book would be like a lot bigger and heavier. Ours is very light. It's very small. Uh-huh. And I'll be honest, it's not really my best product, but because I did it as a joke and I didn't really think that would take <laughs> off. Uh, yeah, this entire thing was, I, I think it just blew up. Uh, in my part, I kind of orchestrated this entire thing to blow up because I own my own marketing firm. So I was able to make things viral. Mm-hmm. But the reception has been generally positive And I'm really happy that I got to where it is. That's incredible, man. Any thoughts of coming up with uh, Meme Bible number two? Or oh, yeah, the, the New Testament. The Meme Bible uh, New Testament is coming out in November. Very cool. And, and before then, we're having like a whole expansion of catalog in terms of meme-related con- uh, products that haven't been done before. So we're doing like meme greeting cards or meme candles, like things that are unconventional. I think that's really our model right now. That's a great idea. Who do you find is your target market or the the largest niche of buyers? Millennials, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but I have actually received a lot of purchase requests or even inquiries from people in the older generation, in part because they you know they saw this product and maybe some of them want to give it to their grandchildren or some of them want to feel youthful. They want to get into the new generation of hip. They want to understand the new meme culture. So these are some of our buyers as well. So it's not only extended to millennials, but everyone is buying it. So when you launched it, was Tumblr the only place that you put it? Yeah, uh, it was the only platform that we advertised on, and we made 100K in seven days only on that platform. Nothing else. No media mentions at all. Okay, so I want to talk about social media and Tumblr more in detail. And so if you don't mind describing Tumblr to the listeners because it served you as an incredible platform, but I don't think a lot of people are, well, everybody's not familiar with it. And so if you don't mind describing the reason you chose that, what it is and the reason you chose it, and then we'll talk about kind of how you gain followers from there. Absolutely. Um, I think Tumblr as a platform is very unique because at its fundamental basis, it's a micro-blogging platform 
whereas other other websites, let's say Facebook, is for you to connect with friends and family. Mm-hmm. Um, for Twitter, is for you to post status updates. Instagram is to post pictures. And whereas Tumblr and stuff, it's kind of all of those things combined, but not really at the same time, because the intended audience and the audience that you build on that platform is drastic different than any platform that you will build your audience on. Um, I'll, I'll explain that in more details. For Tumblr, it's really a way for you to express your inner self, and for Instagram, it's really for you to express your outer self. Mm. Uh, well, what I mean is that Instagram is where you post pictures of you know your possessions, for you to you know post pictures of where you're going for vacation, what you ate. So that's really your outside. And for Tumblr, it's really what you express on the inside. You know your current thoughts, your sadness, your romantic life, your love life, um, friends and family, all that stuff for you to spill out. And your audience on that platform isn't your friends and family, unlike Instagram or Twitter or even Facebook. It's really people that you've never met in your entire life, strangers that follow you and you follow purely based on the content that you produce and you curate. Are you enjoying today's episode? I hope so. We're working hard to pick the minds of higher level entrepreneurs to bring you some applicable tactics for your business. October 26th through November 24th, we will have our most impactful event ever. Four weeks in the northern mountains of Thailand with other successful entrepreneurs that have six and seven figures in annual revenue in their businesses. The experience includes private accommodations, workshops, masterminds, advisors, high-speed Wi-Fi at a beautiful resort complex. And for our listeners, we have a special $400 early bird discount for only 10 people. Once they're filled, they're gone. So if you're ready to seriously take your business to the next level, contact us at theentrepreneurhouse.com. And now back to the show. That is stuff that's the platform away from every other platform that's currently available. And I found that very comforting because I can be myself and everyone can be themselves. Uh, so that really goes on to how I market that thing. I market the meme Bible as something that you express yourself in because the meme culture in Tumblr is very prominent and the meme Bible itself, I think, is a byproduct of the culture on Tumblr, which is why it was so attractive on that platform. And what were some of the tactics that you used to gain such a large following on Tumblr? Oh, uh, well, I, I think one big thing was starting early and knowing the right people. It's really the same as networking in real life. Like, you know, you can ask any Silicon Valley venture capitalist, how did they get to where they are? They started early and they knew the right people. Um, knowing the right people gets you to the right circles and right, knowing the right circles gets you um, exposure to their audience. And that's really how you build your influence on any social media, actually. Are there any other social media platforms that you use seriously for marketing besides Tumblr these days? Twitter and Instagram, but those two are more of a small fraction of what I go into because mostly the markets there are pretty saturated. And Tumblr in itself is untouched, I would say, because the audience is so different that people that see ads on Twitter are not the same people that will see ads on Tumblr. Do you think the Tumblr audience is a more authentic audience? In terms of authentic, uh, that one's really hard to say, like, you know, what would you define authentic as, right? True. (laughs) So you mentioned that Instagram was for the people that are focused on the external, the the photos, right? And Tumblr Mm -hmm. was more of an audience of people that are focused on the internal. So I'm curious, do you think that people can express themselves more authentically on Tumblr as opposed to other social media platforms? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think so. Um, 100%. Even for myself, I'll, I'll just use myself as an example. 
Um, throughout high school, I didn't really make friends in school. I, I wasn't really the popular kid, but I was very prominent on social media mm -hmm. because there was like a screen behind me and the other person. So I was able to express myself without being insecure about my outer appearance, how I talk, the way that I act. So all that, you know, the things that people are generally insecure about goes out the window once you're on the internet. Um, I think this extends to other platforms, but I think most importantly on Tumblr because you're able to act as a character rather than as yourself. Whereas Facebook, you have to use your real name. Instagram, usually you have to use your real name. Twitter, same. But on Tumblr, you're able to take on a character um, as someone that you strive to be and you're more confident behind that screen. Yeah, that makes sense. Where do you think Tumblr's headed? What's the future of Tumblr? <laughs> um, hard to say. Um, a lot of the things that they're doing right now aren't really things that I agree with. Mm -hmm. um, I think like the direction of where they're going, it's, I think it's really detrimental to their own business model. Uh, one example is that they're not really valuing their creators properly. They're mm -hmm. not um, valuing the people that brings traffic to their sites. Like YouTube, you, YouTube actually awards influencers for creating content and for building an audience, whereas Tumblr kind of just, you know, floats around and they like to go on ban waves and just ban influencers out of nowhere. Hmm. So I think in, in that sense, they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, what do you think their agenda is for that? In, in their mind, they're trying to like clean, like a sweep of bad things, but I mean, even running advertisements on Tumblr itself is against the terms of service. That's really how my account got deleted um, because of the meme Bible, cause, because I was promoting the meme Bible that they deleted my account. So now I'm technically not an influencer on Tumblr anymore. <laughs> so what are you doing to rebuild your, did you create a new account or multiple new accounts to, to kind of rebuild your following? Um, I, I think I can still do what I do without having my own account mm -hmm. just because of the, the mirror of connections that I've built over the past few years that I'm able to still do advertisement and promote things without doing my own thing, such as like, you know, working with people to promote my items or, you know, paying a team to manage everything. Jason, I want to ask you, now I know you're doing some retargeting and one of the things that that was mentioned to me is that you have some good tips on keeping your copy brief while running retargeting ads. And I'm wondering if right. we, we could talk about that for a few minutes. Absolutely. So what kind of retargeting ads are you running right now? Currently, um, for a mean Bible, we're, we're not running retargeting ads anymore because the stocks are sold out. But during the time that I was running the retargeting ads, I kept things very brief. Um, mm. I just kept the incentive there without really trying to pitch the idea again. Uh, what, what I mean is that People that get retargeting ads have visited your website before. That's really how they get retargeted because right. of the Facebook pixels. So you don't need to like pitch your whole business um, product again, you know, buy this meme Bible because it has this, this, this. That really doesn't need to be reiterated. You just need to tell them why they should come back. And to keep things brief is to come back because we'll give you free shipping or come back because we'll give you 20, 15% off your purchase right now. So, to, for retargeting, the best thing is to keep things to keep people's attention on the incentive and get them on your site as soon as possible. So, by doing that, you have to shorten your pitch because they don't you don't want them to spend too much time reading it. What are some suggestions to come up with content marketing ideas around a product or an idea? Um, so, you know, for for my thing, it's very unique. So I'm not gonna tell you how I did mine, but for in general, 
for content marketing, it's best to have blog posts and really enhance your SEO. So when people search up your uh, things that pertain to your product, they'll see your blog post um, first. Another thing is really add value. By adding value on your content that you post on social media, either Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you really want to add value and want to give people a reason to keep following you. Because one thing that people struggle with isn't user acquisition, you know, customer acquisition, but rather user retention, which is why people should continue following your social media, social media platforms to keep getting your content. I'm curious to hear from you, Jason. What do you think the social media platforms out there today lack? What do they? What is there a need for that they're not filling? A need? Um, or would you mean like for the for brands or for users? Because <laughs> different different I think different. <laughs> I would say for users. For users, um, I think there's a there's a drastic need to authentic content. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of even like for e-commerce there's a lot of stores that scam users on uh, social media you know promising them that they'll deliver things in two three weeks and then never deliver again take their money and run um, so because social media has become so popular a lot of old classic scammers move from email to social media so that's one way that we need to combat which is scams and unauthentic content and promotions. Um, other than that, off the top of my head, it's really tough because social media keeps evolving. Every, every week, they keep adding new features that enhances or deteriorates the user experience. So it's hard to say on, on this part. Say that the meme Bible, for whatever reason, the business just stopped and you can no longer make any money with a meme Bible. I'm curious mm-hmm. like what you would do and how you would go forward if you hit like ground zero and you had to start over with everything, social media, your email list with ideas for products. I'm curious what you would do. Right. That's a great question, actually, because at this very moment, I'm not making any revenue from meme Bible. I actually paused the store completely. Um, through that, I actually built up my email list and built up my customer base again through marketing on other people's social media accounts. Um, like, like I said, my account got deleted a while ago, so I have actually zero influence. What I did was I reached out to prominent influencers in my space mm-hmm. and get them to pro- my, promote my item without me having anything to promote with. Um, yeah, so currently I have about four or five stores, small e-commerce stores, building from the ground up with very little investment put in in the first place. What are some suggestions to other entrepreneurs out there on how they could grow their networks and connect and create valuable relationships with other influencers? Right. Um, so for for this part, it's actually pretty straightforward. One, you need to provide value to the to the influencers, whether it's monetary value or like value in other parts. You you really need to tell the influencers that you have things on a table that they like. And you want to exchange that for their influence. Um, one way that I've found is to set up a list of influencers that I want to outreach to, and then just talk to them one by one without really pitching anything. Build a solid friend, you know, or you know, brand client relationship with them first before pitching the business, you know, what you want in exchange for the thing. Because influencers really get, you know, hundreds of these pitches every single week, and they want something different. And I'm pretty sure they want to build a long-term partnership first before you know just exchanging money for their influence all right that makes sense very cool jason any other words of wisdom you'd like to share with the listeners before we sign off right um i think one of the most important thing that i would 
say I'm doing right now and I'll advise everyone to do is to build solid networking relationships with people. Currently, my work, I do consulting and I do e-commerce, but I spend 80% of my time talking to people because I find that building relationship and building, you know, uh, a value community, you know, exchanging my value for their value and teaching people what I do and getting their knowledge in return is much more important than making a ton of money right now. Because the relationship that you built right now really extends to what you do in the future. And everything that I do right now and all the success that I've had with my stores is because of the relationships that I've built within the last three or four years. Very, very good suggestion. Okay, Jason, if the listeners want to reach out to you and learn more about what you have going on, where's the best place they could do that? Um, they can reach out to me either on my website, which is jasonwong.co.co, or they can find me on Instagram, which is at Pug, P-U-G. Um, those are the two platforms that they can reach me at. Excellent. And we'll put all the links in the show notes, you guys. Jason, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate your time and sharing your story and your tips and tricks and tactics with us. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you, Chris. It's my pleasure. And listeners, we're going to sign off there. Thank you for joining us once again, and we'll see you all on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for six and seven figure entrepreneurs. Imagine spending an extended period of time with other successful entrepreneurs working together and growing your business. Day to day, you interact with other driven and smart business people. Spending an extended period of time around them alters your business and your mentality around business. Goals are set, business grows, new partnerships develop, greater profit margins are achieved, the productivity skyrockets for attendees, and you get to have an incredible adventure while doing it. This year, our main event will be held in Chiang Mai, Thailand. It is four weeks from October 26th to November 24th and held for six and seven figure entrepreneurs only. It will be full of workshops, masterminds, advisors, co-working, and fun weekend social events. Be sure to check out the details at theentrepreneurhouse.com as soon as possible. This event will fill up fast. For those of you that are interested and have some questions, be sure to contact us through theentrepreneurhouse.com forward slash contact. We will respond as soon as possible. For now, saludos from somewhere in the world.